I've always felt different. I've always seen things, but when I tried to express them as a child, I was always told to ignore it. There were people that I didn't know that came to me and said, I have this message that I keep getting that I have to deliver to you. All of a sudden, out of the shadows, a homeless man just jumped right in front of me, and he said, I'm a soul just like you. I love it. I wanted to understand the universe and who and what we are and what are we doing here. We're all part of this amazing soul wave tapping into each other. This was a major life changer. You are a light. You have helped me a ton. Thank you. You've given me the courage to live more from my soul. Millions of people are awakening. So wake up with Michelle Miche. Be pleased to hear the best-selling authors and experts in the fields of cutting-edge self-help, personal growth, metaphysics, and spirituality. The Soul Path of Awakening. Understand what living awake is. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to Awakenings. Um, a wonderful Wednesday connection. Um, hi, everyone in the chat. Good to see everyone getting in there. Spring has sprung. I know in California it's getting a lot warmer. Um, also, let me know how the sound is, please, in the chat, Sacred Space and Empowerment Room. Um, you're, if you're new to the program, you're more than welcome to listen um, in the chat. But if you want to interact, you've got to register, do a page with Block Talk Radio. Um, if you want to listen by phone, that number is 347-539-5122. Press 1 on your keypad. If you want to get a reading or chat or say hi, again, 347-539-5122. Press 1 on your keypad. All right. Um, new pick of cards up on YouTube. April energies are coming out today, um, already recorded, and I also have a vision quest that I'll probably post next week, a shamanic uh, reading, tapping into my shamanic training and um, initiation and my roots, part of my roots. So if you would like to connect with me there, that would be great. Soul Awakening with Michelle Mache. You can just Google my name. Um, I'd love to have you part of that community as well. I love the I love the flow between all these ways that we're connecting. It, it's pretty amazing. Pretty, pretty fulfilling and heart connecting. Um, also, if you want to do a deeper dive into metaphysics and spirituality, you can connect with me on my Patreon group. Um, I do videos there tailored for um, what people are working on and focused on twice. Uh, let's see. For the general community, it's twice a month and usually a little more, so usually three videos so every two weeks. And then for the Soul Path Seekers and Soul Path Journeyers, I do channeled information, which I did channel some information a while ago and had visions. Um, about some of the upcoming changes for the new paradigm in regards to finance, um, different kinds of careers. Um, some of this information I did six years ago. Um, has it been six years ago? 2016, whatever that is. Five years ago, four or five years ago, between 2016 2017, when I was getting visions about the pandemic the virus, as the guide's called, and all that is going on now. Um, and so there is some information from that time period as, and also earlier, so, and some recent information that I've got. So, um, my Soul Path Patreon peoples, 
um, if you're listening, some of you are in the chat. Expect that to be coming out. Um, and love your feedback to everyone. Um, again, call in number 347-539-5122. Press 1 on your keypad. Um, wow, spring has sprung. There are um, some amazing energies afoot. You probably have noticed that there is a lot more coming up about cleansing and clearing and purifying, whether it's foods, whether it's thoughts, mindset. Um, oh, white calla lily, thank you. Yay, I love the info that you provide on Patreon. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I'm not putting it all out there um, just because I don't want to deal with people not understanding or having to handle it because some of it, especially with the pandemic stuff, vaccine, all the stuff that happened, the protests, I mean, all of that I saw in a vision of four days. And I told some clients, I told some friends and family, um, and of course, the people that work with me um, on my soul playground team, you know, assist me and help me. Um, But some people didn't want to know or didn't want to hear. So I don't, you know, it's kind of like trigger alert. But if you want to know how to prepare um, or, you know, for the new paradigm, but also heads up why I've done that. Plus, I love the connecting. We, We meet monthly, Soul Path Salon, Metaphysics and Spiritualism Salon, and I just love it. I love connecting with everyone and hearing how everyone's doing and seeing everyone's faces. So um, it just is wonderful to see everybody really, really healing and becoming more and more empowered and more and more um, attuned to their heart and soul aligned and living more from the higher self to connecting more with the soul and making decisions from there. Um, yeah, it's really pretty much an, just, I don't know, very fulfilling for me and um, an honor to walk the steps with everyone, but also very rewarding to be a part of everyone's path um, that I'm connecting with. Yeah. So, um, so there's, um, I, we did last week some clearing work. Um, and if, if anybody's interested, you can always email me either to awakeningspodcast at gmail.com. Also guest suggestions and some topic suggestions. Anyone that you think would be good for right now or that you'd like to hear talk or share their insights or they have a, a, you know, a book out or something that you are resonating with, please don't hesitate to email me um, at awakeningspodcast at gmail.com and we'll have Sadie, the producer, will reach out. Um, yeah, because I want to see what you guys, who you want to tap into more. We have a lot of publicists sending us people. Um, as well, a lot of people, you know, reaching out. So, um, but I want to hear from you guys what you would like. Um, also, if you want to be a part of any of the workshops that I'm doing, we did an amazing uh, workshop, Ancestral Healing uh, with the Ancestors, really reconnection, connecting with the ancestors, our ancestors, and those that have come before us. Um, by our field or what we're doing, and also some Akashic clearing. And we did a ritual. Um, we've been posting that on Instagram. And that's, um, I'm definitely feeling a shift. In my meditation this morning um, from the guides, I was getting a lot to do, um, which reflects, I guess, pretty much the energy of that cleansing and clearing. So you may want to look at diet, food, maybe even things that you used to be able to eat or do or drink, and now you, you can't or it's just not resonating as much with you or not resonating at all. Uh, people, you know, 
situations? Is there different ways that you want to or need to handle things? Um, what's the learning curve for you right now? There's just there's a lot of energy that's up right now to get us in the mindset to go in the new directions that we're being guided to or connect with the new people that are coming in. So there's a lot about new directions, um, new directional energy that's coming in for many people right now. And so it's kind of like a turning point for many people. It's almost like turnstile, you know, like at at the subway or the metro or the tube, you know, going in and coming back out in another direction. So you listening to your intuition, I keep saying that, but really, really understanding, working with your intuition and connecting with like-minded individuals, so important. And to look at your body, the body-mind system that you have. It's a system that works cohesively, okay, and interchangeably. What does it need? Because as you align more and more to the soul, you become more subsumed into the energy, the spiritual energy, connecting more through your spiritual essence of the higher self. You become more centered in that and responding and living from that, and which is connecting you more and more to your soul so that you become more soul being instead of just human being. Your responses, your understanding comes more from a soul perspective. So your uniqueness, your talents, your gifts, your abilities, you're living more from that, you know. Um, It was really interesting today. I'll give you an example. I had a um, chiropractic appointment this morning, and then I thought, oh, I'm going to get petrol, right, get gas, wash the car. And then as I'm driving, all of a sudden I just felt this energy like moving me into this gas station. And I thought, oh, yeah, maybe I just should do it now. You know, and I'll get the car washed later, or I'll do it myself, you know, because it's sunny here at some point. Um, I like to mill around, wash my car sometimes, garden, just do stuff around the house or in the yard outside or whatever. Um, And then I realized as I left, I thought, oh, my God, you don't have that much time to tune in, go over the guest info and tune in. Um, So I had this leisurely time. But they're literally in my mind, my human mind, the ego said, well, you're going to get the car. Why don't you get do that now? Get it all out of the way. But I thought that was the thought. But the feeling and the guidance, the seamlessness of the higher self was guiding me in a new direction. So I, what I would say, suggest to all of you, when you start feeling that or have that experience, pause and commit it to memory. Like, oh, that's me that's the true me that's the higher self that's not the thinking mind me the lower mind beta me that's thinking what the right thing is to do this is the me that already knows what to do and is in this flow okay it's a flow state right so uh questions or comments three four seven five three nine five one two two or you can also let me know in the chat. Let's um open it up to callers. Let's get to our first caller. Hi, welcome to you're on air. Hello? Okay, four zero four, you've been holding. Four zero four four nine five nine three. I hear you. Hi, what's your first hey. name? This is Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Welcome. Hi. So I have an unusual question. 
It's not about yeah. career. It's not about love. So okay. uh, the last administration, presidential administration, I felt like created a separate separatism between people. And then when COVID came out and people started getting vaccinated, I feel like there's another separation of people between vaccinated and non-vaccinated. And I feel like vaccinated people, many vaccinated people feel like almost like it's a religion or they got a gold star because they got a vaccination. I know a lot of it is because they're tired of being isolated and it's hope right. for them. But right. the non-vaccinated people that choose not to be vaccinated, many people have their reasons. And mm-hmm. I feel like the vaccinated people feel like the non-vaccinated people are, um, that they're the untouchables, that they have germs, even though they don't. I don't know. The mm-hmm. whole thing is so weird to me that people are separating themselves between vaccinated and non-vaccinated. And vaccinated people say they can get together without their mask, but they won't get around unvaccinated people because they may have germs, which is weird because if you're vaccinated, you should feel like you're immune. Then why not right. be around unvaccinated people? I mean, I know everyone still should wear a mask, even though they're vaccinated. But so my question is, yes. my question is, when do you see this resolving or do you see, you know, there's a whole thing about vaccination passport and unvaccinated people, you know, are they going to be punished if they travel because they're not vaccinated? Yeah. It's just this whole yeah. Weird I thing. did a whole, cha- this is some of the stuff yeah, that I channeled six years ago. Um, you got to look beyond religion or um, race or vaccinated, non-vaccinated, or, you know, red or blue, red or blue person, state, whatever, you know, Republican, Democrat. Um, this, yes, there were probably my, what the guys had told me that there would be some kind of, uh, they showed a pay, like a vaccination uh, certificate for, and so some certain people won't be able to travel, especially if they say there's an outbreak or you're not vaccinated. You may not be able to travel. Well, they said you wouldn't be able to travel as regularly. So there's going to be a lot of rules, yes, um, and there's going to be you see this kind of one side or the other, this kind of camp, and then those that are kind of in between. So that's going to be going on for many years, probably at least two to three more years with this. And it's not just going to be vaccines. It's going to be things that are happening that, um, like domestic terrorism, so they won't be able to travel, or if you don't live in a certain area, you might not be able to get to visit there or get in that neighborhood or area if there's a type of alert. So there's going to be a lot of infringement on our rights, and it's bringing up the idea of individual, individualism, which is the soul, individual rights, and how does that fit in with the group? How do we do what's right or best or life-enhancing for the, a group, whatever that group is? You're going to see it not just in mainstream consciousness, but you're going to see it, and probably people have with friends and family and 
uh, health care, you know, somebody that's more holistic or alternative. The divide has always been there. It's just bringing it more and more up to the surface until people realize about self-responsibility. The reason that the way that this is happening is because most people don't want to be self-responsible. They don't want to um, look at, well, what can I do health-wise? What else can I do proactively? It's much, we come from a society that says, just take a pill. You don't feel happy, yeah. take a pill. You feel sad, take a pill, right? You want to lose weight, take a pill. You know, yeah. Um, so, yeah, right? So that is going yeah. to, especially when Pluto, which I believe is 2023, when Pluto goes into Aquarius, that's when you're going to start seeing real change and upheaval because a lot of people are going to be realizing how, what system they bought into and got into and now how their rights are infringed upon in all areas of their life. So, yeah. unfortunately, we, we do have some difficult, I mean, when I channel this information, the first thing I ask my guides is, oh, God, do I have to go through that? How can I get out of it? Can I just disappear? Can I die now? You know, I really, <laughs> it, yeah, it's, it's, you know, we're going to be doing things kind of underground, a lot of things underground, um, like, which apparently did start with, you know, COVID a bit, Um we're going to see, it's, it's, I hate to say it, even especially like California, there's going to be, it's going to be dependent upon where you live. Certain areas, certain states, certain cities will not be as stringent um, and, and, you know, in certain communities. And there'll, probably, there'll be, what I was told, like lots of wiggle room and loopholes, but it's going to be dependent on where you live and what that state, city, or uh, community is deciding. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't make sense, but it, people's fear is so up that it's, for some people, it's just so fearful. I mean, I've talked to friends that have friends that have not even left their house still. Yeah. They Or every now and then they may go out to get groceries, but mostly everything is delivered, and they did that for a whole year. Um so, yeah, you're going to see more of the divide. And, unfortunately, what's being used against us but is people's um, zealotness, being a zealot, you know, fanatic, people's, and people's um, peer pressure, basically. We, what we have going there, on. Yeah, there's a lot of peer pressure. Yeah. Is what even some of my is, holistic friends are have been vaccinated even though they take antiviral herbs and take good care yeah. of themselves. And I think it's just because of peer pressure. Yeah. And the things that my guide said, because I've asked this um, personally, and then when I've done group channeling sessions, people want to know, should I get the vaccine or not? The stance is it's not so much about the vaccine. I mean, that's a, a personal choice that reflects yeah. a mindset it's what is being bought into. It's what we're putting in motion now by giving up our rights. That's the biggie. And and you can look at us logically. Yeah, people don't realize that, and it's going to be, whoa, I didn't realize, you know, this is all t- tied into this now. And um, so, unfortunately, it's, it's like uh, the movie. It's like the movie Divergent, mm-hmm. where people all got the shot in their neck and they all became 
robots. I'm yeah, sorry. It's not so that's an extreme. Well, that's an extreme. Yeah, because it's not so much. I mean, some people will do well with the vaccine. Maybe nothing will happen. Some people won't. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. what people are buying into and now agreeing to with being traced and tracked and apps and money taken out of their account, you know, which is all going to happen and tied into the healthcare system. Um, you know, there's just a lot more that's going, and not being able to travel and, you know, groups of people. Unfortunately, it is fostering that bully mentality and peer pressure and it is. people that don't, right, people that don't feel empowered want to then have power over other people, you know, by telling them what to do or not do. So that's, um, yeah, unfortunately, this is something that we're going to have to go through. Now, I do understand from the messages that I've received that it doesn't have to get as bad or as, ex- as extreme depending on more people awakening and having the self-responsibility and coming, and coming together and living differently. It's going to be the small choices that we make to not buy in, not get over into consumerism and over, you know, following only the, you know, news um, or certain type of news, um, especially the consumerism. If you people are going to have to look at how, where and how am I spending my money? What is that reinforcing? What is that fostering? So long kind of answered your question, but yeah, it's, it's going to get, unfortunately, um, yeah, or more extreme. It's going to get this worse. Only... I figured it would it would come to um, a head at some point where people would realize they're losing their rights. And then yeah. hopefully things will well, shift. Well, my wonderful chiropractor, do... who, who, yeah, who's amazing, who you didn't really have to wear masks all along in there. You could, you know, which you don't have to when you're getting adjusted. Um, it's optional. Um and he, he and his family are doing the vaccine, but they're moving because he found out what started in Northern California is mandatory vaccines for a flu shot, mandatory flu vaccine for chiropractors and their whole staff. So wow, in California? In California. Yeah, unfortunately, my guides told me when the channeling session that California would be like a utopian prison, and that's what it has been. We're kind of lulled into a false sense of um, independence and freedom because we haven't had as extreme lockdowns as other people. But we have had a lot, a lot of lockdowns and a lot of, you know, businesses have gone out of, you know, out of business. Um yeah, unfortunately, but yeah, you're 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 right on track with what you're feeling and thinking. It's just we have to somehow get out of the extremes of the polarity. Those of us that are more conscious, and it's hard to, and it's hard not to be in judgment. I mean, I have clients that like one voted wanted Biden and one voted wanted Trump all of a sudden, and now one got vaccinated and the other one doesn't want to. You know, and it's like. We're going to have to all learn how do we honor each other? How do we get along? You know, how do we honor each other and not infringe? And there's a way yeah. to do it, but we're well, not there yet. No one used to ask me. No one used to ask me if I got a flu vaccine. But all of my clients come in and say, "Have you gotten the vaccine?" And you know, oh, when I, I say no, that, I, I get extremely judged. Oh yeah, yeah. 
I was at a cafe the other day, and someone I just know to say hi, and maybe, I don't know, how are you? How's the weather? Nice here. Oh, it's not too crowded. That's nice. In line, proceeded to ask me, have I gotten the vaccine yet? And when I answered, and then, are you going to? And then I answered, and then they left. <laughs> and I'm just like, whoa, this is, like, it's kind of private. You know, it's like, it is, someone, did you have your medical Did you have your period today? Yeah, did right. you have your period today? Or you still have your period? Or did you have your period? Did you have cramps? You know, it's like, whoa, you know. Did you, it's like, okay. Right. Where is yeah, the medical, medical privacy? Yeah, yeah. All right, Lisa, thanks for calling in with that. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah, yeah. bye-bye. Take care. Yeah, white calla lily. Yeah, California. Yeah, it's very um, and certain areas like Santa Monica. There's they've got people that they find you if you're not wearing a mask. People chastise you. Um, I don't live there, but I have clients that do, and I, I travel through there uh, sometimes. You know, I have times that I go there. Um, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be not where it seems is the freedom. And not where it seems is the over-restriction and trying to control. But it's, you know, those of you that have been doing these workshops with me where we've been looking at patterns that not just are individual but where they come from, generational, ancestral, societal, you know, humankind, really. You can see this is all this pattern, and this is what's happening. It's the pattern. It's the pattern playing out. And the pattern receives validation, resources, energy, money uh, through the way that it's been set up. And now that's changing. So, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All righty. Let's see who's next. Hello. Welcome to Awakenings. You're on air. Hi, Michelle. This is Angie. Hi, Angie. Hey. Angie in the chat. Hi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Hi. Hello. Um, yeah, I haven't been in chat in a while or called in in a long time, but um, uh, I wanted yeah. to call. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, change, this whole COVID changed the whole uh, way to do things. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm calling in because my roommate's fur baby um, is getting older. Uh, she's a dog. Her name's Rosie. Um, and yeah, she's, she's 11 and, you know, getting closer to that time, you know, and a lot more health issues are coming in. And now my roommate's being faced with possibly having to amputate her, uh, one of her front legs. Um, but it just feels like kind of a lot to do for kind of an older dog that, you know, and I, I just wanted to see if you could tap into her energy, if she has any messages or maybe what she would like to do. And she has to have the foot amputated? I mean, that's what they're saying. It's like a cancer or something, a growth or something oh, like that. Okay. Um, how long do you have? Because I feel like she's not quite ready to go, but she's also, I, I get a lot of um, um, loss of energy. Does that make sense? Has she been sleeping more or more tired or lethargic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, now she's little, right? Or medium? Medium to little? 
She's the. There, we have another dog that's smaller than her. Oh. But this this one's bigger. It's like a pit oh. mix. Oh, okay, that's a different something. one. I'm picking up on the other one. So the other one is picking up on her energy and kind of worried. So let's see. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I hate having to make that decision. It's so horrible. I had to do that with Yoshi. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah. Uh, I feel like yeah, you might let so it run its I think you might let it run its course, and mm-hmm. she's really tired. Um, yeah, that's why I, I wasn't sure if it was a good idea to amputate. I'm like, I'd rather her just enjoy whatever autonomy she I has think left. So. You know? I think so. I don't feel she's, um, God, I hate to say this. I hate to see what I'm seeing and what she's saying. She's, um, it's interesting because the other little doggie, um, they're very connected somehow, I feel. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel the other one is like picking up on her energy because now that one's coming, like came through more quickly. Now the other one. Um, let it run its, yeah, yeah. I feel like, I feel like, yeah, prolonging or doing a lot of stuff because I don't necessarily feel she has that much time or zip. Yeah, I don't think she has the energy to handle something else going on to her. That's what I feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that's – Angie, that's what I feel. Yeah, I I think you were picking up on her energy. She probably has been communicating this to you. Yeah, she has. She's been coming it. in and, and visiting um, during the day. <laughs> so she's probably been, yeah, communicating what she wants. They do that. You know, Ma yeah. and Yoshi did not want to go. In fact, kind of died, had this, I mean, really bad, like, I don't know, stroke or something. I don't know, not stroke, what's the other thing? The seizures or something. Mm-hmm. I held her all night, and she she rallied back. And she kept rallying back, rallying back, and she was just not, you know, she could hardly walk, but she still wanted to go, wanted to go. And uh, and then one day it was like she had an early morning seizure, and then she looked up at me, and now I will never forget that look. And people told me, you'll see that look, and it's like the look like I yeah. love you, but I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I, I remember you talking about that, and when I heard about this, I was thinking what you were saying, like, I feel like she's kind of giving us those vibes anyway. Like, let's not yeah, keep, you know, pushing it more. Just, no, she's just, um, she's yeah, she's just tired. Yeah. Just, the, the, body's, the body isn't, um, the body isn't supporting her, and I do feel her mind is starting to kind of, you know, kind of wander, kind of go off more just because of the tiredness. You know, when you're so tired or exhausted, you just can't really think about things. <laughs> That's where she's at. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Angie, so sorry. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so horrible. Right. But you're there with her, which is great, and you guys are so connected. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And for this is mostly for my roommate, you know, I think it's been hard for him. So we just want to make sure it's it's what she wants and not, you know, something we're forcing on her or anything, you know. I don't feel, I mean, you're going to just let her live out more and not do any measure, like surgery? Is that what you're thinking? I mean, I, that's kind of what I was calling him for because I don't think it's, 
I don't think it's necessary to amputate if she's not really going to be able to have the energy to yeah. cope in that way. Yeah. How, how old is she? Probably, she's 11. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was She's a bigger dog, you know, they don't live at Yeah, I wasn't getting euthanasia, but I definitely was not getting to put through the surgery because I don't know. She may make it, but she may not uh, be in her body and live that much longer after it. That's what I was thinking. It could take a lot out of her. Yeah, it could take a lot out of her. Yeah. Yeah. But as For far sure. as okay. she still wants to be around, but I just, yeah, that next totally. step of going through all of that, yeah, I don't know. She would. Yeah, yeah. it would probably just be better mm-hmm. to kind of help her with the pain and, and medication stuff, but nothing extreme. <laughs> and then you'll know, and you'll know if it's, um, you know, a day later, a few days, a week, months, you'll you'll know. You'll know. For sure. Yeah. All right, Angie. Big hug to you and your roommate. Awesome. Thanks so much, Michelle. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Hello. You're on Awakenings. Hi, Michelle. Hello. Dominique. How are you? I'm doing great. What's your first name? Dominique. Dominique. Hi, Dominique. Hi, Michelle. Um, I don't know if you remember, but I actually caught a few weeks ago, um, but today I was calling about something different because since that um, heartbreaking news of, like, my father dying, I also um, am in a long-term relationship, and it has just been kind of rocky, but I basically found out information that just broke my heart and hurt my feelings, and I would consider it cheating, but maybe not you know, other people just kind of depending on their relationship and um, obviously, like, not my partner. Well, Dominique, I can hardly hear you. I don't know what's going on in the background. It's really hard to hear you. So, yeah. I'm sorry. It's the wind. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, I can hear you better. Yeah. Much better. A little bit better. I'm so sorry. I had to step outside because I'm in a meeting at work and everyone is freaking stuff. Um, so, I'm sorry. I don't know what you didn't hear, but... I was just saying that um, I found out the news about um, my boyfriend, and it's just really heartbreaking, and I'm not sure, like, if I should be um, trying to leave my relationship or just trying to get myself established and then work out a plan going forward instead of just, you know, abruptly leaving or if this is, like, something that I can, like, work through because I do have a one-year-old son, and um, just with, you know, me having a social work I don't, I don't feel he, I don't feel he's real trustworthy. I, I feel like you might start to make a plan, but you may end up leaving much more quickly. So uh, there's mm. something going on with him. I don't know if it's added responsibility, something he's going through where he's pulling back. Mm-hmm. And he may have... De- he may have done this before or while you guys were first getting together. Um, mm-hmm. That's what I would say to you. So trust your intuition. I feel like you're getting the message that you need to think more about yourself and your son and get more stable ground is what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to hear. I don't know what you're going to do. Yeah. So will my baby be okay? Like will... Will we be okay? Yeah, like, 
Yeah, but it does show you need to be in a stable household is what I'm hearing. So if that's with a friend, a family member, or getting your own place uh, at some point, that's um, – because I feel with the boyfriend – was it up and down before? Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah, well, yeah. So it shows repeated circumstances. Right. And then we've been trying to work on things. And since we had the talk, you know, when I found out that information, I'm not saying that I'm the best person either or the best partner, but uh, at least I'm just loyal and genuine and not, you know, I have definitely the best intention. If anything, it needs to be the opposite way around. Like I'm more loyal probably to him than myself, but that's just the thing. I'm just like, you know how it is when you have to break up, like you just try to out, just weigh everything out and just see, and now that I have a child, like I just feel, I don't, I just don't want to fail him. I don't want to be selfish and fail him. Well, if the thing is, any is other way being in an un- how, but how is being in an unhealthy relationship or where you don't feel secure within the relationship and you don't feel you have support, is that beneficial for you and the child. Right. And I think maybe the the primary issue is that I guess I need to really explore personally what relationships and healthy relationships are because I can teach about this all day long as a social worker, but for whatever reason, when it comes to myself, I'm just I'm struggling. Like, is it me? Do yeah. I need to adjust? Well, or patterns. Is well, see, sometimes ther- well, sometimes therapists, social workers, people that care, you see how people can change, so you give the benefit of the doubt. And you kind of right. have to maybe have a, a two to three strikes you're out rule because as you mm-hmm. not everybody can change. And that's the thing. Empaths, light workers therapists, psychologists, a lot of times people with that background, personally, you see how you've helped other people change and how people can grow and become empowered and heal and move past, you know, toxic patterns. But not everybody can. So maybe that's the lesson there, that sometimes you just have to let, you have to release because maybe your clients are, are making changes and maybe friends around you, but this person I don't see doing it. Okay. Oh, sweetie, call in another time because there's so much noise in the background. It's really hard to yes, hear. Yeah, I'm sorry. And it's going to be I'm on the sorry about that. Okay. Right. Yeah. Thank you so it's much, really... Michelle. Okay. All right, Dominic. Okay. Take good care. You Bye-bye. too. Bye. Hi, welcome to Awakenings. You're on air. Hey, Michelle. This is Owen. Hey, Owen. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, how's it going? Instagram. Oh, I know. <laughs> Oh, good. I, mean, I listen every week. I don't. I, you know, uh-huh. I where are you at now? Where Where are you at? In Rhode Island. Oh, Rhode Island. Oh, okay. But are you outside? You're not outside. Oh yeah, I'm just I'm just in a parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, in the parking. Um, oh, but in the car. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't really have anything super specific, but uh, first of all, thank you for the whole like vaccine uh, conversation because that's something that I've really been. Kind of bumming me oh, out, but it's oh man. But um, just trying to stay aligned <laughs> through all of that. 
Um, but I was kind of... I know, and people have died from... My chiropractor was showing... There, he has all the... He does, you know, because he's in the medical field, so he's got what the mm-hmm. breakdown of all the vaccines are, what, what's in them. And then on yeah. the... But it, it's all on the CDC, and then I guess sixteen or 1,800 people have died. Um, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, it's it's crazy because... You know, I, I try not to go too far down the rabbit hole because that's I, I can do that. And, exactly. Um, yep. <laughs> you know, it's like just trying to find the balance of like, okay, I want to know what's going on, I want to know the truth, but I also, you know, yeah, it's it's a tough one, but we'll yeah. see how it all. You gotta know what to do. Like I told a client the other day that was trying to fly and then it wouldn't let him, and he's like, I don't want to wear the mask. I'm like, just I go pick your battles. Wear the damn mask. I go, who cares? You're yeah, on the plane. Exactly. Just wear right. the mask. I can do but that and not have, like, yeah. Yeah, but that's different than ingesting something within you unless somebody wants oh, to, totally. you know, unless you're feeling yeah. okay with that. For sure. Yeah. 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 Anyway, um, I just wanted to see if you could tune in uh, for okay. me and just see where, you know, I feel like I've been really connected in on a soul level lately you know, just kind of what you were talking about in the top of your show. And, yeah, I just wanted to see if you were picking up anything on, like, what my next sort of phase or level or whatever. Now, the thing that I'm getting, I'm not sure I get – you're in music, right? You do something musical? Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. Okay, but but I'm also getting – what's this with – I'm getting something with school and or teaching or teaching something. Does that make sense? Interesting. Uh, it could be yeah it could be or you're working with some i feel like there's something about your spirituality or something that you're doing um it could be okay they're saying don't be literal it could be like satsang or you're doing some kind of recording because you are gonna you you are about to does that make sense? Because yeah. you're about to do a well, deeper dive, I feel like, into your into your um, inner being. Yeah, that that does make sense. I mean, I do. I think, you know, I've been in the same job. This is a great job for the last, you know, three plus years, and I just feel like I, in terms of healing and spirituality, like that is a huge part of my path and what I do and who I am and. I don't really know how that, you know, I used, I worked as a massage therapist for years, a couple of years before I'm, Uh, you know, doing what I do now. So it's like, I am really into like natural health and spirituality and I don't really know what that, you know, is going to look like in the future, but I do, I have been feeling this push kind of, um, or a pull, I guess, um, into more of that realm. I I just don't know what that. I definitely feel you're about it, it, it's um no they keep saying something you're teaching you're sharing or you're teaching hmm. um hmm. i still see the music but it's like you're adding something mm-hmm. um like yeah. Hella lily in the chat saying i like i like oh and i'm like oh and i stay away from the rabbit hole too yep so let's <laughs> see um there's something, you know, I get, okay, I get a lot with herbs, healthcare, supplements, mm-hmm. 
I feel like there's some, maybe it's something you're selling, and, and part of that is you have to teach or you do a video on something and say these are the benefits of it. There's something hmm. else you're going to be doing on the side that has to do with spirituality, um, wellness, kind of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But I also feel yeah. like you're going to be in partnership with someone that um, you work with. Hmm. So maybe they're bringing like, a certain piece in. Okay. Well, I see singer songwriter. I'm telling. I see guitar. Yeah, yeah. I see, well, that you know, you play what? Guitar? Yeah, that's definitely. What? Well, that's first and foremost okay. at that, and I'm, I have been working on a lot of stuff. I just haven't, and I'm ready to like put it almost ready to kind of put it out there to the to the world. So yes, I've been doing that for for years, um, and so that's super exciting too. So yeah. Do you know I, the I singer? Like ha- do you know the singer house? House? Yeah, I think it's his house. What is his name? I love this guy. Because I feel like there's... Posure? Is that what you No, I know that. Because I feel like there's something that you're going to... um, That you're going to be doing that with someone else. Because the guys are saying, don't be literal. So it might be teaching through your music. I keep getting like satsang or like, you know, you listen to something and it's uplifting, like a Michael Franti or something, you know, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you know what, that's actually, that makes so much sense. That's, I have been thinking, you know, I've been told by a lot of people that my voice, just, you know, my singing voice, just hearing it is like a very, it, it's very healing to people. And so that's something that's kind of been in the back of my mind. Like, you know, wow, that's, ah. that's really cool. You know, maybe, it, yeah, and I don't, Maybe it's just you know I do write I write my own song I do a lot of harmonies and I kind of I kind of feel like I'm putting a little spell on each song you know it's like embedded with my own whatever energy or um, so that that makes a lot of sense so yeah yeah so I feel like so keep going with someone the music. that you keep going with the music for sure for sure keep mm-hmm. going with the music and. Um, There'll be, yeah, there'll be some opening with someone that you're going to work with. Oh, no, Trevor Hall. The song is House. Trevor Hall. Oh, okay. Yes, I have heard of him. I think I've heard heard of him before, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Check him out. So I'm getting kind of that, I don't know, singers. But, yeah, so there is something that's coming through where you're going to be integrating more of your, your spirituality or what you believe, but there is something like a business, something also on the side that you're also going to be a part of as well as what I'm hearing. Cool. All right. Well, that sounds great. That's cool. Cause I do feel like right now, it's like, I just feel a little, I've been doing the same thing and it's a little boring and I just want to, yeah, I feel ready for like the next, <laughs> next level or next step in terms of, that so that's great yeah divine discontent owen it happens yeah a little, itch, a little nudge a little push a yep. little pull yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> love it oh man well thank you so much michelle it's so great to always hear your voice um you I'll too great to talk to you yeah yeah i already for calling Thanks in a lot. Mm-hmm. bye bye All right, everyone, it is time for our Awakening Dialogue. 
Uh, we have a great guest today, Dr. Dana Lee Bagley. Uh, Dr. Dana Lee Bagley is a registered psychologist, um, got her degree in PhD clinical psychology from the University of British Columbia. And we're going to be diving in to her recent book, Healthy Habits Suck Meets the Pandemic Brain. Oh, boy. Let's connect in. Hello, Dr. Bagley. How are you? Hi. I'm good. It's Dr. Lee Bagley, and thank you for having me. Dr. Lee Bagley. Oh, you're so welcome. Dr. Lee Bagley. Okay. And your first name is Dana, right? Yeah, so lots of people refer to me as Dr. Dana, so that's fine as well if okay. you'd like. Oh, why not? That sounds good. That sounds good. So um, tell us a little bit about um, your background and how you came to write this book. What um, kind of prompted this book? Yeah, so I'm a registered <laughs> I'm a registered psychologist, and so I, um, but I specialize in health, and so I've actually spent most of my career working on medical units, on surgery units, um, transplant, cancer units, and so working with people who have chronic disease or life-threatening disease, and so the book is really a compilation of, like, all of the work that I do with uh, clients and patients, as well as um, I do research in chronic disease and behavior change. And so it's really the scientific principles that um, I have used with clients to help them be healthier and trying to put it into a book to make it more accessible for people. Mm. And do you see a correlation with uh, the, the chronic disease? What are, you, what are you seeing there? Well, we know rates of chronic disease are going up, so that includes things like diabetes, heart disease, cardiovascular disease, mm-hmm. um, obesity, all of those things are increasing. And that's in part, you know, because we live in environments that aren't really that healthy. They're not conducive to healthy choices. Um, And so, you know, those environmental factors uh, play a role. And then as well, individual um, decision-making as well. So this is to help the individual, but recognizing there's actually a lot that the environment we should be changing as well if we really want to make a dent in people's health overall. Okay. So um, this is interesting. So do me a favor, the individual choices, if you could give us some examples of that, and then what would be an environment, like where people are living or how they're living? Would that be lifestyle as well? So, for example, we know that environments are conducive to making unhealthy choices. And so examples Mm -hmm. of that would be that it's cheaper and easier to get, like, fast food than it is to get whole foods. There's lots of places Mm -hmm. where people don't have access to whole foods, where the only, you know, source of food that they have is fast food. Um, There's, you know, government subsidies for uh, processed foods but not for whole foods. Uh, you know, if you travel, if you commute, the one we have to do a lot more commuting. All of most of us have more sedentary jobs where we're sitting. If you drive down, you know, on your commute, you'll see all kinds of billboards for food advertisements. If you watch TV, you'll get all mm-hmm. kinds of food advertisements. And so those are all things that are conducive to not making healthy choices, right? Um, they uh, direct us, you know, they lead us to making unhealthy choices. And then there is the individual person's decision-making around which food they're going to eat. But it's much harder to make a healthy choice. 
right? To, you know, make a healthy meal takes way more effort, way more, you know, yeah. time, probably more money than going out and getting fast food. And so those are environmental factors that influence mm-hmm. health. And so the cho- so it's contingent. I mean, in one sense, it's like is it the chicken or the egg? Because environment is impacting where the, what I'm hearing you say, people may not be able to make as formed or healthier choices due to the environment um, is what I'm hearing you say also, right? It's contingent mm-hmm. around the environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we, I mean, if you really want to make a dent in – you know, for example, obesity rates overall, the biggest change that we saw in smoking rates was when we changed laws around being able to smoke indoors. And there were laws uh, that changed it so that you could only smoke outdoors. That was when you saw the biggest decrease in smoking rates. And that was a public policy change. We really want to make a dent in obesity rates. We also need to make public policy changes like that. the book, however, is about individuals' choices and trying to help them, mm-hmm. you know, use the science that we know about behavior change to make choices that actually suck. Like, it's a much harder choice to eat healthy foods and to exercise than it is to eat fast food and sit on the couch. Like, that's a much more normal thing for us to do because our brains are not really, you know, designed to, to do those kinds of healthy choices. It's not our instinctive response. Um, and so the book mm-hmm. is about giving science-based tools to help make healthier choices, even when they suck. Mm-hmm. So um, you're saying the brain is not designed to make those choices, <laughs> but can it be taught to make those choices, like a redesign yes. <laughs> in a way? Right. So what's, what we know about our brains is that that's part of our brain was developed in sort of cave people times, and I just refer to it as our caveman mind. That brain, you know, when we, at that time in our history, we, uh, you know, our life expectancy was 30. Um, We were getting the same amount of exercise that triathletes get nowadays. And so we functioned on the principle of, like, avoid pain, you know, seek pleasure, do the thing that takes the least amount of effort and live for today. And that's some hard wiring in our brain to continue to have instinctive responses along those lines. But a healthy habit requires you to, you know, avoid pleasure. You shouldn't have that ice cream. To accept pain, you should go for a run. To do the thing that takes the most amount of effort, you should take the stairs and not the elevator, and to live for the future. Don't you know that might kill you in 20 years? And so it, it goes against our instinctive responses. The part we have that helps is our prefrontal cortex or our frontal lobe. And that's the part Mm -hmm. of our brain that controls behavior. So that's where willpower comes from. That's where self-control comes from. But unlike our caveman brain that's always working and it's unconscious and automatic, our frontal lobe is like a battery. And so we will wear out that battery of self-control as we, you know, control our behavior throughout the day. So we can make choices Mm -hmm that are the opposite of what our caveman brain is suggesting we do, but you need your frontal lobe to do that, and it needs to be charged. You need to have enough, you know, juice in that battery to be able to make those choices. And that's also why we see some, you know, weight gain and things like that, more drinking, things like that during the pandemic, is because our caveman brains are on fire because of the ongoing threat um, of the virus, and our frontal lobe batteries are drained because we have to use so much of that battery to deal with all the COVID-related changes. Mm -hmm. So would this happen in any type of 
prolonged stress-inducing situation, or especially where there's not one that has a resolve? Yeah, the system's really designed for acute stress, like a bear attack or something like that. That's when it works really well. Um, it's not, um, you know, designed to tackle something like a pandemic that's going on for more than a year. And so there are consequences to being under stress for that amount of time. And part of what we see as well is sort of the pandemic fatigue, right? Or like we're all kind of burnt mm-hmm. out from the pandemic and that's sort of like this emotional exhaustion, kind of cynicism, like what's the point, um, and reduced mm-hmm. efficacy, like we're, we're not getting stuff done as well as we did before. And that's a well-known effect that happens when we're under chronic stress. Mm-hmm. Now, are you seeing some people that are getting things done or thriving or that are, are better adapted? They have more so certainly there's or... some things... Yeah, I mean, people differ. I mean, people differ in how big their frontal lobe battery is. They differ in how well they charge it, um, you know, how much effort they put into charging it. So there's differences in how people respond to the pandemic. There's also, we know, like, differences in terms of uh, people of color. Women are hit harder by the pandemic. That's not because they're not being resilient. That's because of systemic differences in their lives that make them more vulnerable to the bad parts of the pandemic. There are some aspects that actually people can come to appreciate. Some people in lockdown, you know, appreciate being having more time with their family or being able to work from home that they didn't have before. Um, but certainly we have to be way more deliberate about um, recharging our batteries and protecting mental health because it's that much harder in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Now you talk about recharging our prefrontal lobe. Talk about that, like how you how people charge or yeah. recharge. Right. So a recharging activity is something that makes you feel more energetic at the end than when you start. So common ones for most people would be things like sleep, eating healthy foods, staying hydrated, being in nature, physical activity, and social connection. But there's also individual differences. So for an extrovert, being with other people is probably recharging. For an introvert, that might be draining. And there's probably also an optimal amount. Going for a walk for an hour might feel good, but going for six hours might start to feel like a drain. So you're kind of looking for things in your day that make you smile, that make you feel a bit lighter. Mm. It's, not the, it's not automatically a healthy habit, right? So if going for a walk actually makes you feel angry and irritable, then that's not um, a recharging activity, even if it's a healthy behavior. So we're looking for those things Ooh, that make I you like feel that. a bit lighter. Yeah, make you feel like smiling. And we want to try to make sure we have those incorporated into our day. If you think of how often we have to charge our cell phone, we need to charge our frontal lobe batteries a lot too. Okay. So how would somebody find what this is for them? What would that look like? Let's say somebody's yeah, listening so right now and thinking – okay, I thought going for this walk all the time, but I'm actually exhausted and I've been pushing myself to do this walk or this hike. Right. So it's a bit about sort of being mindful in your day about, you know, how you're feeling and whether there's things in your day that make you feel lighter or make you feel like smiling. Like you might get off the phone after talking with a colleague and just kind of notice you feel a bit lighter. So if you are paying attention to that kind of feeling, then ask yourself, like, what was I just doing? And is that something I could do again? Is that something I could add into my life again? It also helps us distinguish between kind of, you know, uh, comforting things 
that might not be healthy. So for example, if I have ice cream for dinner, which definitely has happened many a time in the pandemic, I feel good at the beginning, but I don't feel good at the end, right? It's not a recharging activity. I don't feel better at the end of it. So we can also kind of differentiate between self-indulgences and things that are actually recharging. Again, our caveman brain wants us to feel better right now, and so it picks short-term solutions. And, you know, alcohol, food, all those things are short-term solutions to feeling distressed, and they work in the short term. It's just in the long term they have, you know, consequences. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like there you people need to apply some mindfulness. If, you know, if they take this on, let's say they, you know, they get your book, then they're going to have to apply um, the principles. <laughs> and one seems to be some kind of awareness or observation, or you could say mindfulness is what I'm hearing. Is that? Yeah, exactly. I mean, again, doing any kind of healthy habit. And any kind of recharging activity probably uses a bit of frontal lobe. Like we probably have to be kind of deliberate and intentional um, and aware of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And is it about, you know, in the title you have, um, <laughs> Healthy Habits Suck. <laughs> um, is, is there is there a, a retraining that's taking place that you're suggesting and giving information um, to then like the healthy habits or develop healthy habits that you then like? Yeah, so I would say what the book does actually is to acknowledge that often healthy habits suck, and they might forever suck. Mm -hmm. You might never enjoy them, but we can find Mm -hmm. ways to make it worthwhile and still motivate ourselves to do it even when they suck. So if, for example, Mm -hmm. it's a very common recommendation, like find exercise you enjoy. And if you can find exercise you enjoy, you should definitely do that. But I go to the gym frequently, of course, only when it's open uh, during the pandemic. But I hate exercise. I hate the gym. I don't enjoy the actual workout. But I go to, like, Mm -hmm. a boot camp where there's other people, again, not in pandemic times, and it's kind of a social outing, right? So the exercise itself can still suck, but we can find ways to make it meaningful and purposeful and that it's helping us be the people we want to be. Like, for example, you know, it helps me be the mom I want to be because I'm more patient and more engaged if I go to the gym. But we can still hate the healthy habit itself. It can still suck. We don't have to find a way to make it better. We just need to find other reasons why doing this crappy thing is worth it. Mm-hmm. So kind of in a way looking at big picture, to the whole list, where am I going with this right. instead of just staying in, exactly. the, in the moment with something. Right. Okay. Which I would think helps yeah, people and that's, plan, you know. Well, and it's part of, you know, that it's not just about being healthy. It's like what is the health going to allow you to do? How is that going to help you, you know, be the person you want to be or contribute to the world the way you want to or connect with people the way you want to? So that health is a means to something else. It's not the end point in and of itself. And sometimes we don't clarify that part we're trying to get to. Like, why is this going to help my life be more meaningful and purposeful if I have more health? What do I want to do with that extra energy or extra health or extra years of life on earth? And clarifying that part, which is part of the book, to help us find that bigger, higher order motivation. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like a, a bit about... Uh, the, the theory also that it's easier to make a plan. We'll, we'll, we stay more with a plan rather than just to do. Now I'm going to do this. But if we have this overarching plan and can 
see what, you know, where this plan is getting us, then usually it's easier to stay with that and have success. Right. So, for example, if I, you know, many people do things like set a goal weight, right? They're losing weight to get to a goal weight. But once you get to the goal weight, then people stop working on it. And that's how we do goals in our culture, right, is once you achieve a goal, you stop working Uh. on it. Or people don't make it to their goal weight, and so they give up trying. If instead of a goal weight, if instead I'm going to the gym not to get to a goal weight, but because it's helping me be a more engaged mom, then it doesn't matter what weight I get to or don't get to because it's attached to being a good mom. And that doesn't stop Mm. just because I get to some number on the scale. And so it prompts longer-term motivation when we can connect it to these values or, like, higher order, you know, things that matter to us um, because Mm -hmm. they don't stop just because you get to, you know, a goal weight. Now, you also, um, part of this foundation, and you write about this in the, in, in the book, um, uh, the way to use these skills is based on ACT, commitment therapy, mm-hmm. and neuroscience. Can you talk a, a bit about that? Yeah, so acceptance and commitment therapy, or ACT, is a type of cognitive behavioral therapy, or CBT, and so it's an evidence base. It's been tested in research to help with a number of different conditions, including things like depression, anxiety, OCD, psychosis, but also things like procrastination, obesity, uh, smoking cessation. And so all of the principles in the book, again, are science-based uh, skills that have been shown to work in research, but just trying to give it to you know, the audience in a way that they can use it make use of it, have practical, realistic things that they can do to change their lives. Uh, but it's all based on the science of ACT and behavior change. Mm-hmm. And so what is the basis of ACT? So the basis of ACT is really that there are some things that we can control and some things we can't. So basically anything coming out of your caveman mind, we don't have a lot of control over, right? We cannot turn that part of our brain on or off. It functions outside of conscious awareness. And so when we try to do things to control things that emerge from our caveman brain, things like thoughts or feelings, uh, that can get us into trouble because we can't control it. Biologically, we don't have control over that part of our brain. Um, And so what ACT really focuses on is behavior because it's controlled by your frontal lobe, and that's something we do have control over, not unlimited control, right, but more control than we do anything coming out of our caveman brain. And so it's about identifying behaviors, that's like the commitment, that are meaningful and purposeful and, and acknowledging or accepting the parts that we can't change, like our caveman brain, and linking them to the whole purpose of it is to reduce human suffering, but also to live a more meaningful, purposeful, vibrant life. So it's not just about, like, losing weight. It's about living a more meaningful life. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like, um, in a way, this, this kind of portal, in a way, we'll call this the pandemic, there is this opportunity then for people to up-level their life and make changes um, based on what's happening now, which even sounds like with this act, acceptance of what's happening now, how do I manage this stress? How do I navigate through Mm -hmm. this? Um, Yeah. Yeah, so so I – 
I do think there's an opportunity there. And of course, I clearly wish we didn't have to go through a pandemic for this opportunity, but given that we've had it, it's a lot like when I work with uh, patients going through cancer and after cancer treatment, some of them want to pretend that cancer never happened and go back to life exactly the way it was beforehand. Other patients want, um, you know, recognize that they've been through something major and they use that information to reprioritize their lives and to focus more on the things that really matter to them. So all of us, you know, have a limited amount of time on earth and none of us know how long that is. Cancer patients are just more aware of that fact, but it's also something I think we see so clearly with COVID is none of us know how long we're going to be here. And so if we can take that knowledge and use that to make our lives more purposeful and to direct our efforts towards the things that matter most to us, then we can live our lives moving forward in more meaningful ways. There's also a huge amount of grief and anxiety and loss and all kinds of other things that we want to acknowledge. So we don't want to, even though there is optimism and hope for the future, there is a lot of loss that people have gone through, a lot of suffering, and we want to acknowledge that suffering as well. Uh, because that's really important to be able to move forward is to, you know, recognize and honor the losses that we've suffered. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, it's also like we're in this perpetual cycle of grief or the process of grief and loss as well as post-traumatic stress disorder. It is. There is. It's a good combination. Yep. Yeah, it's a combination because there's there's no resolve yet to move on from the original trauma. Yep, exactly. And people will have a lot of trauma and grief and loss. Um, Healthcare providers, for example, I'm on two research studies looking at kind of trauma reactions in healthcare providers because we know that that's going to be part of their experience. Uh, It's been a really difficult experience. And we've just actually opened like a virtual health psychology clinic in part because now we can, because so much of it has been turned online and we can do virtual care, but also to acknowledge that everyone has been through a really difficult experience and the mental health needs have actually gone up. And so our clinic, you know, focuses on accessibility and trying to get science-based information to more people. And so we've kind of organized the clinic in that way and also to help reduce human suffering and to bring people together. So we do mostly group-based interventions on things like sleep and pain, but there are, are will also be some COVID-specific ones in terms of like grief and things like that, mm-hmm. um, burnout from the pandemic. And so uh, because we know that the mental health needs have gone up because of people going through the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, Dr. Dana, is, is, are there individual sessions that you're providing or, they, or, or are they group or is it a combination of group and individual? Yes, yeah, so, um, so we have options for group interventions and those are only in places where we're licensed as psychologists. So currently that's uh, mostly in Canada. But there are also mm-hmm. education-based courses that are not psychological services. Um, they're not facilitated by a psychologist but they cover a lot of content related to things. So there's like a charge your battery series, for example, uh, where people can watch Mm -hmm. videos at their own pace um, and learn some of the skills that we talk about. Um, And so those are eligible for anybody. 
Um, the live group courses are only available for people who live in the provinces where we're registered as psychologists. Oh, okay. Now, how do people reach you if they're interested in um, some of these resources? Yeah, so you can find them all on my website, which is www.drleebagley.com, which is D-R-L-E-E-B-A-G-G-L-E-Y.com. And you can find, you know, the, the, there's science-based self-help. There's also clinical interventions, um, and also we do a lot of training for healthcare providers as well. And so they can get my email contact on there. You can also follow me on social media because I talk about these kinds of things. Um, and there's some resources on the website as well. Okay. And you talk about science-based, which seems to be like a, a buzz phrase now. <laughs> it's um, mm-hmm. science-based, right? You've probably heard it, you know, and, and, and some things aren't and some things are, you know, are. Uh, and you're talking more about neuroscience. So if you can touch on that and and how that's applicable um, to what the framework of the book and and your your research, because it sounds like between the the act that um, acceptance commitment therapy, and then yep. it, there's an interface with the neuroscience. If you could share a bit of that um, with our listeners. Yeah, so basically we know a lot more about how the brain works and um, how to make change. There's a lot of science about behavior change um, and a lot more studies on the way our brains are wired and how they're structured and how they function. And so um, acceptance and commitment therapy is well integrated in that literature, meaning that it uses the information we know about how brains work to um, come up with, you know, strategies and skills that help people, and then they test those programs to make sure that they work. And so all of the, you know, programming that we do has been pulled from existing literature, sometimes adapted for the specific topic, but all based on what we know already in the science that works, which includes, you know, understanding how our brains work and how we form kind of new um, habits from, you know, a neuropsychology Mm -hmm. perspective. Mm, okay. So how the brain works, and so in a way, it sounds like you're tailoring this, like kind of like a, a, a carrot to get the, the the person aligning more with the brain function in ways that are are, are healthier uh, for more optimal optimal health. Yeah, and it's partly just when we understand how the brain works, then we can make use of it. We can pull on its strengths mm-hmm. and avoid, you know, things that don't work. You know, one of the examples mm-hmm. I give in the book is that there's actually a myth that it takes 21 days to build a habit. There's zero scientific evidence for that. In fact, the shortest I've ever seen in the literature is 166 days. The study on which that was based had nothing to do with uh, building habits. So it actually takes closer to two to five years to build a habit. And so while some people are like, well, that's kind of a bummer when you say that, I think it's important for people to know because you get to day 22 and you think, oh, this is supposed to be easy now, and it's not. There must be something wrong with me. But, in fact, you have to use your frontal lobe battery for quite a long time to build a new habit. And so it takes a lot more effort, and we need to, you know, recognize that it's going to take that effort in order to actually succeed at it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. It's definitely not. I think about the 90-day mark, you may start having some um, consistency 
but yeah, 21 days that belief sets you up. Most people anyway up for failure. Uh, very hard to shift exactly. in that about it. Time. And that's yeah. to me, you know, something in terms about how we understand the brain works and helping to give people information that's going to make it them better at making change, right? Mm-hmm. And can you talk a little bit about? Um, I guess from the from what we're experiencing the the COVID pers- you know experience I'm going to call it that because um, we hear a lot about support um, in non pandemic times how important support is and I'm just mm-hmm. wondering does that exponentially go up during a, a time of acute crisis like this. Yeah, so we know that social connection um, is important for mental health and for well-being. There's lots of studies that demonstrate the importance of, you know, stable, secure social connections. So, for example, Mm -hmm. they've done some studies where they have people stand at the bottom of a hill and estimate how tall the hill is. And if you're standing there with a loved one, you literally estimate the hill is not as tall as if you're there by yourself. There's another one where they have people wear a backpack and estimate the weight of the backpack. And even though they're not going to help you, if you have, you know, loved ones with you, you estimate the weight of the backpack as weighing less than if you're there by yourself. And in terms of neuropsych, we actually, you know, have done, people have done some studies where they have people in a functional MRI machine and they give a standardized shock to their toes. And you can see the the parts of the brain light up that um, are associated with pain. You basically can see the pain receptors in the brain light up on the MRI machine. And if you're holding the hand of a loved one, your pain receptors literally do not light up as much as if you're there by yourself. Now, if you're holding Mm. the hand of someone that you have a distressed relationship with, it's actually worse than being there by yourself. So this isn't about the benefit of be with someone no matter what. It's about the benefit of a stable, secure relationship. But when we have those relationships, the obstacles don't seem as big, the burdens don't seem as heavy, and the pain doesn't seem as bad. That's not because we fundamentally solved whatever problem we're going through. It's that, again, we're hardwired to feel better when we feel connected to other people. And that's in part why the pandemic is so difficult, because the exact things we would want people to do to cope are the things we need them not to do because of the virus transmission. And so, you know, it is important to stay connected with people by any means, you know, technology means that you have available to you finding a bubble of people that you can, you know, spend time with in person so that you can maintain, you know, social connections, give some extra hugs to the people in your bubble because we're all hug-deprived and touch-deprived. And so it is very difficult when we don't have social connection, and I think the pandemic shows us that that, how important that is for well-being. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're talking about social connection, that is, if I'm hearing you correctly, is a form of support. How is that different than, let's say, a support group, let's say, for people that are perhaps having difficulty or challenges, you know, going through this time? Or are they, are, are they one and the same? Yeah, so I talk about social connection in terms of, like, a modern-day village. Like, it takes a village to be well. And in a modern-day village, it looks kind of different than, like, a traditional village. A modern-day village, mm-hmm. you know, one will include more than your biological family. Um, there's, you get to invite people to be part of your village. 
Um, it also is probably virtual even in non-pandemic times because we probably don't live physically close enough to all these people to hang out, and so we need technology to stay connected. There's probably some parts of your village that never meet other parts of your village. So, for example, my hockey friends don't meet, you know, my school moms, but they're both part mm-hmm. of my village. And so a support group, right, as well, healthcare providers are probably part of our village. So your therapist, a support group, right, any of those kinds of things would be part of our village. And then sometimes if we have the means available, sometimes we need to pay to have people part of our village. So I have to pay a babysitter, for example, to watch my son. If I really lived in a village, he probably could just go over to somebody else's house and it wouldn't be a thing. But I have to pay someone Mm -hmm. to be part of my village. And that's probably true for, you know, people who are elderly, who have young children. And again, much harder to do in pandemic times. We have to be much more deliberate about nurturing and fostering this village. But we want to think about social connection really broadly, right, and different. We're not best friends with everybody in our village. It takes a lot of different kinds of relationships, you know, to be well. But we want to be investing in that in the village. Well, that's that gives some uh, clarity on that. Now, the other thing is, what do you like as a coping tool, or perhaps also way coping, but also perhaps a way of empowering oneself? What do you think of? Um, what's part of that support? Maybe study or um, a subject or uh, introducing a, a hobby. Yes, so, I mean, certainly we know that staying active and doing things that are meaningful um, help people. And, again, that's partly why the pandemic is difficult, because we're limited in the activities that we can do. Um, Finding Mm -hmm. things that are related to our values around contributing or contribution, um, you know, Sometimes it's about creating beauty is a value and you're doing artwork, right? Or you're communicating through music is a value. And so when we find things that are connected to our values, they're inherently reinforcing, meaning that it just naturally feels good to do things that are consistent with our values. And those are definitely important to be doing during the pandemic. And again, we have to be much more creative. So the thing is, is that we express our values through behavior. And if we can acknowledge that the behavior can be different, even if it's the same value. So, for example, I have, you know, a value of connecting with my parents. In non-pandemic times, that is visiting. I go there, they come here, right? We spend time together. Of course, in pandemic times, we're not traveling at all to see them. And so that value of connection with my parents now takes the forms of text messages and phone calls. And so if we can accept that the behavior might look different, but we can still express Mm. the values that are important to us. And that's really important in terms of planning for the future as well. There's so much uncertainty that we can't really set goals because those can be outside of our control. They're, They're influenced by a number of different things. But we can think about our values, about what's important to us, about what maybe the pandemic has clarified for us is really important to us, and use that as a compass for moving forward. And if we recognize that it's going to look different, it might not look the same, but it can still be an expression of our values, then we can actually, you know, have some optimism. We can have some hope. We can think about how we want the future to be, not in terms of goals, but in terms of expressing our values. Mm-hmm. And so that sounds like it goes back to that act, uh, acceptance, it commitment, does, therapy. Indeed. does, Yep. Okay. So, yeah. So it sounds like acceptance is a is a good place to uh, for people to start with. Um, now, in the book, do you go into this? 
Yeah, so there's a lot of different yes. um, skills in the book, including things about exploring your values, about another way of thinking about acceptance is willingness, willingness to feel uncomfortable, willingness for things to not be as we thought it was going to be, um, you know, openness and curiosity. And so there's, um, there's a lot of tools and tips, again, kind of science-based information on all those processes. Mm-hmm. Now, just for those that are listening today, um, and I'm sure you have this also in the book, um, what would you suggest those, because there is a lot of people really now vocalizing this fatigue, the, you know, general fatigue yeah. in a situation that's gone on too long and also that we don't have a lot of control uh, with. Yeah. Yeah, Any so the, the thing is, is that, right, the mm-hmm. antidote to burnout isn't rest. It's reactivating our sense of meaning and purpose. So lots of people, you know, there's some people actually physically need rest, right, because we're stuck in the fight or flight mode all the time. But for other people, you know, some people will say to me, I'm well rested. I've been at home this whole time in front of my Zoom class. You know, I haven't done anything, um, and I'm still exhausted. And so that type of burnout, that emotional burnout, is really emotional exhaustion is really about reactivating our sense of meaning and purpose and finding ways to move forward uh, to express those values, again, perhaps in totally creative, different ways than we ever thought possible. That's partly how we created our virtual health psychology clinic. We never would have done that pre-pandemic. But, again, our, and when we considered our values as a, you know, a team and thought about how we wanted to contribute to the world and that this was now a possibility that, you know, the pandemic made possible that wasn't available to us beforehand. So we never envisioned this as a way of us expressing our values. Um, but, you know, now we're moving forward with that. Again, it's not about goals. It's about expressing our values. Mm, I like that. So not about goals, but when you think, when the focus and intention is expressing one's values, it sounds like that that can change um, well, yeah. the way you have a lot one does it and maybe over time. Exactly. You do? Okay. We have a lot more control okay. of values because that's about how we want to show up as a human, about the kind of qualities we want to express, how we want to show up. And so that's always available to us to be expressing our values at any moment of the day. Goals are things that happen or don't happen. So you can certainly have goals, and chances are there's values underneath those goals about why that's important to you. But if we focus on values, it's much more under our control because it's about how we want to show up as a human. And not mm-hmm. that that's easy, that that's more under our control than outcomes like goals that are influenced by a number of different things. Mm-hmm. So, again, I go back to lifestyle, it sounds like, Dr. Dana. There seems to be something that, that would be what I value. If I value eating healthier because how I feel or I feel good. Right, and what, does, what does that feeling good help you do, right? Take that one next step and you'll get to values. And so, like, eating better okay. makes you feel better. Why does it matter to feel better? Why does it matter to have more energy? What are you going to use that energy for? What are you going to use that, like, extra health for? What are you, you know, what are you doing about how you're showing up in the world or connecting with people or caring with people, caring for people, that that extra energy matters. And that could be about, like, again, being, like, a great friend or being a more compassionate mom, you know, being a high-performing person. Those are all kinds of expressions of our values. So it doesn't have to be, you know, major things. It can be about being a more patient mom with my son. 
that can be a value, mm-hmm. right? That's what I'm going to use that extra energy for. That's what I'm going to use that feeling good for is to show up the way I want to as a mom. Mm-hmm. I like that. So it sounds like this can be applied in so many ways. Like, the again, the portal, yeah. the opening, where you're looking at the pandemic. But also what I'm hearing is these are good tools to help people really – create the life they want manage if, if you're going by your values yep. what do I really want in my life and what do I how do I want to show up yeah that how do I want to show up other take yeah it does like and it that. can like totally it. change the way we make decisions in life right rather than these like pros and cons list should I take this job not take this job instead we can think about yeah. who do you want to be as a person and does taking this job move you closer or further away from your values Even the way we talk Mm -hmm. about relationships, what are you looking for in a partner? A different version of that is who am I trying to be as a human, and does being with this person bring me closer or further away from my values? What kind of qualities would I need in somebody else to help me express my values, right? It's a different way of, like, moving through life in terms of a value-driven life. Yeah, I love that. With Lynn in the chat saying, I love talking in terms of values. I find it a way to relate to people in various ways and ideals. Yeah, because values, that goes on. That's, a, that's like big picture. And then you have control. Yeah. Even as you're talking about it, I can feel exactly. like, oh, I can do that. Or, right. It's not like I have to do something, but I want to because it's exactly. what I value. Yeah. And so even if it doesn't oh. turn out the way you want it to, we can be proud about how we showed up along the way. And that's the part we have control over, right? So even if it doesn't, you know, end up the way you thought it was going to end up, we can be proud and we can feel good about how we showed up despite however it worked out in the end. Mm. Great advice. Great advice, especially that last tidbit. Um, all right, Dr. Dana, thank you so much for being on Awakenings. We're out of time now. Um, give us the website again, please. Yeah, so thanks for having me. It's uh, drleebagley.com, which is D-R-L-E-E-B-A-G-G-L-E-Y.com. And that's also my um, Twitter handle and Instagram handle is at drleebagley, so at D-R-L-E-E-B-A-G-G-L-E-Y. Perfect. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the program. Thanks for having me. All right, everyone. That was Dr. Dana Lee Bagley, and we were diving in a bit to her book, Healthy Habits Suck Meets Pandemic Brain. Um, Some good advice there for all kinds of life and lifestyle changes. All right. um, For all things Awakenings, guest suggestions, topic suggestions, you can email me at awakeningspodcast at gmail.com. That's awakeningspodcast at gmail.com. Let me know uh, what more you want to see, hear, or connect to. Connect with me on my socials and also YouTube. And um, if you want to do a deeper dive into metaphysics, my Soul Path Patreon group. All right, everyone, lots of love and light, and thanks so much for being a part of this program and co-creating this in the way that you are. You're just showing up so brightly in your life, and I just love being a part of it. All right, until next time, continue to shine your light, share your insight, and, of course, keep awake. Awakenings broadcast every Wednesday, 12 p.m. Pacific Time. Archive shows available on iTunes. For continued awakened conversations and insights, join the Awakenings group on Facebook. And check out Michelle's blog at soulplayground.com. And keep awake.
it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.